We have a very fun show lined up for you today on Locked on Stars. On today's episode, I'll be joined by none other than Nathan Grav, a.k.a. Gravite on YouTube, a guy that has been covering the NHL for quite some time now and has really, really great expert analysis. We'll be talking about John Klingberg, Joe Pavelski, the trade deadline and how it affects the Stars, and just the outlook for the Dallas Stars this season in general, getting Grav's insight on how the Stars will potentially finish out this season. All of this coming up on a Tuesday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, and you are locked on the Dallas Stars. I'm your expert on all things Dallas Stars. It is Tuesday, February 8th, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net where the game starts. Well, as I said, to open the show today is a very special episode. In just a second, I will be joined by Nathan Grav, better known as Gravite on YouTube, covering all things NHL, but he's also a diehard Dallas Stars fan. And so I wanted to pick his brain a little bit on this Dallas Stars team and talk all about John Klingberg, Joe Pavelski, the trade deadline, and just the outlook that the Stars are going to have on the rest of the season and how we think they stand compared to some of the other competition across the league in terms of making the postseason. But before we get into that, do want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast at. But without any further hesitation, let's get right into today's conversation that I got to have with Gravitate. Welcome in, everybody. This is Dane Lewis with the Locked on Stars podcast, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Many of you know him if you've been following the NHL, especially on YouTube for the past few years. I'm joined right now by none other than Nathan Grav, better known as Gravitate on YouTube. Over 51,000 subscribers, one of the experts here, uh, you know, covering the NHL. And Nathan, we're very glad to have you on the show today. How are you? Very, very good. It, I, as I was saying today and earlier, it's always a pleasure to talk about the stars, especially right now in the position they're in. So I'm ready to get after it. Yeah, certainly uh, glad to have you here on the show uh, to, you know, pick your brain on the stars. I know that you, you know, have your foot across pretty much the entire NHL kind of covering different teams and especially uh, the trade market, which I know things are going to be picking up over the next several weeks, over the next mm-hmm. month and a half or so with the trade deadline approaching. Um, and of course, you know, pretty much any guest that comes on, especially now, I uh, want to ask the question, who, how do you see the stars handling the trade deadline as it approaches? Do you think that they'll be selling guys? you think they'll be looking to buy? How do you see the trade deadline unfolding for the Dallas stars? Yeah, this is honestly going to be one of the weirdest and probably most controversial trade deadlines the stars I think will ever have. I think it really dictates the future of this franchise because they're in this middle area. They're competing for the playoffs. Um, and even though 
we have all the other situations surrounding Rick Bonus potentially being on the hot seat and a bunch of other stuff on the team. The trade deadline is kind of a, is going to be a weird one for the Stars. Again, they are in that middle area, but if they do want to compete, I I could still see them maybe just staying put, maybe adding a couple of players because it feels like from my perspective, the Stars want to potentially have this year as their last compete year, truly. Uh, we already know that John Klingberg could potentially be gone pretty soon. And that's a whole, another whole situation to talk about. But with, with the trade deadline, honestly, for me personally, even though this, this was on paper heading in to be the last year the Stars could compete, even though the stars play a better playoff system than a lot of other teams, I still think even if they make it, I, I really don't see this team being as successful as they were in, in the 2020 bubble. I could see them maybe winning a round, but I really don't think they're going to have as much firepower as they did back then, especially with the health of the team. And I think that's a big concern. I, I feel like with the stars though, it, 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 I think it really depends on these next couple of weeks. I mean, the trade deadlines almost a month and a half away now. And I feel like if they go into March, uh, March especially, and they're two points back or potentially they're in that second wild card spot, I could definitely see them staying put and maybe even keeping John Klingberg after everything we've seen. But if they are five points out, 10 points out, and if they're in that range where it's going to be too hard to get back, especially if they if they, if they they stay put, I, I feel like they're going to likely trade John Klingberg. That's the big one. But I could also see Joe Babelski being a really last minute trade. That to me is the big one. Even though I love Joe and he's been so good, he would be a player that that I think could even get more than John Klingberg, perhaps. It, it depends, though, on, on what the market's looking like with Klingberg and his health. But um, uh, both would be rentals for teams. And I feel like I feel like it would be an interesting situation. Pavel, I think Klingberg would be a much more likely trade to happen. But Joe Pavelski, I think, would be a fascinating one. He would be, I think, alongside Drew, the best forward on the market. Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially if the Stars, you know, come trade deadline time, they find themselves out of the playoff picture, I think, Joe Pavelski mm -hmm. could very well be gone because he's a guy that, especially after the season he's had in what year 16, his best statistical yeah. <laughs> year up to this point. I mean, who who wouldn't want a guy like that uh, on their team and a, a guy that, you know, hasn't won a championship yet. And so mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, if the stars are looking to miss out on the postseason just by record and with how stacked this conference is and even the division uh, that the stars could be looking to move him and, and probably get some pretty good return yep. uh, for a guy like Pavelski because he would be a really, really nice piece for a championship contender and you mentioned Klingberg uh, right before we hopped on I was kind of reading a you know reading up a little bit on the stars on on the internet and saw an interview between Mike Heike who writes for the Dallas Stars mm -hmm. and GM Jim Nil uh, and one of the last quotes that I saw from Jim Nil regarding Klingberg is that one they're still in communication and everything seems to be good as far as where they stand personally uh, but there was one line that kind of stood out to me from Nil where he said that he's told John several times that if every that he, if he continues to play well, everything will work out just fine. I think that's about the exact quote. Uh, you can, of course, you know, listeners go take a look for yourself also. But just kind of wanted to pick your brain on that and see, do you think that he means in general, you know, if he get, does get traded, he'll go to a good team and get the contract he wants? Or do you think that means maybe if he continues to improve his play that the Stars might look to somewhat accommodate him on the contract that he wants long term? Yeah, that to me is a very interesting quote. I haven't seen it until today, until you just mentioned it. So I, I'm kind of giving my first reaction to that. I feel like it's more so, 
I, I feel like it's more so how Klingberg plays on the stars that'll dictate if the stars are willing to accommodate him. Mostly because I feel like one of the biggest reasons Klingberg isn't getting the contract he wants is because he's been a little bit he's been a little bit of a declining player over the past two years. I think specifically, really since that 2020 bubble, it hasn't been as consistent for him, and the health's kind of been in question throughout. It, I think it's one of those situations where for the stars, if if his health isn't perfect and if his play is declining he'll be in a he'll be in his 30s for most of that contract and will be in his late 30s probably uh, because he wants that longer term deal as well and it's one of those situations that for a player like him if he can't stay healthy then making that type of bargain is is is, is a, a huge risk and especially since Klingberg hasn't been on that amazing elite level since I think 2020 I, I think it's one of those things where it's like if you want to stay here truly then I think Jim is is testing Klingberg to truly prove it and I, I think it's a really good test. I mean, for this next month, I, again, going back to how important this February is, if Klingberg is able to step up, if the team's able to step up, then I think Nil will reward them with potentially a couple of additions at the trade deadline. We're going back to that and uh, how they could be sellers or buyers. But I think this month really does um, matter a lot for their future. And I think as Klingberg is a, a huge one. We all know that Pavelski's fantastic and he'll always be but with Klingberg if he can step up big then the whole outlook of the stars is is different especially heading into the playoffs so yeah I feel like it's more so I mean it could be both but I feel like it's more so challenging Klingberg to be as good as he could be if he does want to stay here today's episode is brought to you by primal origin oils if you or someone you care about has a beard it needs to get primal Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products you've used. We promise that you will see and feel the difference. Remember, the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Again, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off your order at PrimalOriginOils.com. Yeah, and I saw uh, a few things on Twitter as well, talking about maybe trying out John Klingberg playing alongside Miro Haskinen. I know Miro, mm -hmm. uh, you know, typically he and John don't share the ice together. Do you think a lineup change like that or any really other lineup change in general could be coming for the Stars in the back half of the season? I mean, I think the top line is obviously kind of set in stone. Uh, that's one of the best units across the entire league. That second line of Sagan, Ben, and Gurionov is starting to come together a little bit whenever mm -hmm. they're able to stay healthy and whenever they're not healthy scratches. But do you think there could be any lineup changes coming for the Stars that you think could help them improve, whether that's on offense or defense, with maybe putting Miro and Klingberg together and maybe letting Essel and Dell or Suter run together? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting for the Stars because they've been relatively consistent. I mean, the most consistent things have been that top four pairings, as well as the first line with Roberts and Hinson Pavelski. I feel like one of the biggest changes we might see is potential. Like, I feel like one of the big things that I've kind of noticed is Domani's play so far this year uh, for the Stars when he has played. I feel like he's had a pretty strong presence on that fourth line. I, I feel like one guy I'm kind of looking at potentially um, – 
moving down the lineup, for instance, is, is Radulov on, on forward. I think he's been relatively inconsistent this year. And I, I feel like he's also a player that's been uh, on a pretty sharp decline in terms of the defense, though. I think you would bring up a pretty interesting point with Klingberg because he's been on Lindell's side for a long time. And I, I feel like him with, with Haskin and could work, but I also feel like, that the, the chemistry that the defense has is, I think, one of the strongest things about it, um, especially that Lundell and Klingberg pairing since they've been together so long. I, I feel like one thing you could try, though, is potentially maybe switching up Klingberg's role in special teams, perhaps. But I, I feel like for the Stars, I, I feel like it just is mostly coming down to Klingberg and his responsibility to be better because I, I mean, he's still playing on the top four. He's been he has a defensive defenseman like Lindell to be on his side so he can have more responsibility offensively. But I, I just feel like it, a lot of the weight goes on his shoulders. We could see a change, but I, I don't know if Rick Bonus at this point in the season is going to go for too many changes right now. Yeah, I feel like it would, especially nothing extreme, you know, maybe yeah. a few guys get shifted up and down lines. Like you said, Radulov, uh, you know, could get moved down because I agree. He's been pretty inconsistent this year and obviously dealing with some injuries. I know he had yep. uh, off-season surgery not, not too long ago, and I know Tyler Sagan's kind of in that same boat. Yeah. Um, and so really hoping that guys like, you know, both those guys and even Jamie Benn a little bit can kind of reassert themselves in the back half of this season. And I think, you yep. know, pairing Radulov with Jacob Peterson, that seemed to be working really well. Um, and, you know, we talk about you mentioned Damiani and you have Jacob Peterson. Uh, what have been your thoughts on the rookies for the Stars this season? I know I just said on yesterday's episode that uh, the Stars, maybe, you know, fans got a little bit spoiled seeing Jason Robertson last season <laughs> being in the Calder, you know, trophy conversation. And now we have Jacob Peterson. We have Riley Damiani. We've even seen a little bit of Riley Tufty at the mm -hmm. NHL level. What have kind of been your thoughts on the rookie guys that have played for the Stars this season? Yeah, well, for one, Robertson being even better this year is, I think, one of the best signs for the Stars going forward. I, I think one of the biggest things going in this year was how Robertson would continue from his rookie season, and it's been amazing as, as continued. Uh, I, I feel like honestly, Patterson's been uh, Pearson's been the one that's that surprised me the most. He was always a guy that I kind of saw as as a depth player, and he is a depth player. But at the same time, he's a really versatile player. That's one of the biggest things I've noticed from him. He can play on different lines play with different um, pairings and still be consistent. And I think that's pretty underrated in a younger player like him, but he played in the SHL for a pretty long time and uh, played against men and had that, that competition to go off of. So I think he was a little bit more ready than people were expecting, but at the same time, I feel like he's been pretty impressive. Um, and, and, and Daimani, as you mentioned, he was a player that I've kept a track on for a pretty long time since his OHL days. He was a guy that like the year after they drafted him, I, I was just shocked by how well he was producing. And as I got to watch him more, the, the more I was just more and more surprised by his his quick style and really impressive maturity. And that translated to the AHL pretty well these past couple of years. And this year, I think, again, even though he's not playing that much, he's been on the fourth line for pretty much the entire time. I, I still think in that role, he's been almost perfect. And he, alongside Luke Glendening and Kira, I mean, uh, they have there's two leaders there right beside him that can kind of guide him a little bit. But I think, I think Diamond has been really impressive, even though there has been some inconsistency issues I, obviously rookies that's kind of expected at the same time i think he honestly could be a pretty solid middle six forward for the stars in the future especially as he continues to get more um ready and more prepared for seasons to come 
Yeah, I think he's a really exciting guy and really has been, you know, kind of a, a spark plug for the Stars at times, going mm -hmm. back to his, his NHL debut against St. Louis and scoring yep. in that game, I know, was a, a special moment for him. And even uh, when he hasn't found the back of the net, which he hasn't too much, he, you know, at least gets some good shots. And like you said, mm -hmm. he's building that chemistry with guys like Glenn Denning and, and Tanner Caro. And uh, another guy that I kind of want to, you know, talk about a little bit who plays on the bottom six for the Stars uh, is another forward who's been pretty quiet this year, despite, you know, having a pretty you know good place in a lot of the hearts of stars fans and that's joel kiviranta and um, what yep. have you kind of seen from him this season that uh, is lacking but maybe you know something that he can continue to work on because i feel like we all remember him for his performance in the playoffs a couple mm -hmm. years ago but now it's just kind of been uh, a blank slate but we've seen what he can do and what, what do you think is maybe holding him back from kind of going into that next gear to being a consistent player on this team yeah, Kivarant has been a real weird one because I think a lot of us kind of expected after the 2020 bubble. I think he was 23 at that point or something. But he he was a player that after that bubble, we were all kind of expecting to have a bigger role. But last year, it was interesting too because after that bubble, he had 11 points in 26 games. He When he did play, he was pretty solid and um, had like 12 minutes of average uh, time on ice. This year, though, it's been a much different story. In terms of average time on ice, he has nine, it's nine minutes and 34 seconds, not playing nearly as much much but i think one of the biggest things that's that's kind of made that happen is just the healthiness of sagan and 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 radula playing every day that's been a big factor i think but i feel like even though the sample size has shortened and his play has shortened i i feel like with kiferanta there's also been some real consistency and 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 just um i i really get the feeling that for him there's just a real lack of of i i don't want to say um maturity but i want to say a kind of consistency and and experience if that makes any sense i feel like there's some issues there when you get into the nitty-gritty especially in that bottom six which is where he's playing most of the time I, I don't know if he's fully suited for that role quite yet and he's fully conditioned to that role quite yet at the nhl level and i think that's kind of made a little, a little bit harder for him to get a true impact in the playoffs i think it was a little bit of a different story because of maybe some more opportunity there but i i think in the end it's kind of factoring in the 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 position he's playing when he's playing and just how much he's playing that's kind of resulted in that i i still think he's a fine player and will be but i just think for the stars i, I he's one of those players i think needs to be on a on potentially on special teams maybe on that middle six to truly succeed and the stars just haven't been able to give them that opportunity yet yeah and of course always difficult with you know lines being shuffled around i feel like yep. we'll get everyone healthy and then you have you know jason robertson misses a few games john klingberg misses mm -hmm. some games michael roffel's been out for the past little bit and you know it's looking like we're going to have everyone back as uh, you know at the start of this the second half of the season on wednesday against nashville uh, which will be a really really big game yeah fingers yeah. crossed on that one that'll, for sure. that'll be a big one uh but yeah all, all these games coming up for the stars their next eight will be against divisional opponents and Ooh. you know the the playoff picture especially out east seems pretty clear right now of who we'll be seeing in the postseason but in the west i feel like there's still a whole lot of questions that need to be answered especially you know in the wild card and even the pacific division a little bit outside of vegas uh, and so really really curious to see how the stars are going to handle the opening of this season. How do you think that they're going to, you know, perform coming out of the gates? All these guys being on rest except Pavelski. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't, you know, you know, just grinding his butt off it in Vegas. You know, he's having a good time, having his, having his fun. Uh, but how do you think he and the rest of the team will perform kind of coming out of the gates for the second half this season? Well, the thing is for me, I think no matter what they do, um, I, I think the what they show, whether it's good or bad, will, will either keep or, or potentially have 
Rick Bonus fired. I think this no this February is the most important month of his in, like obviously we can go to the playoffs but in terms of regular season hockey, I think it might be the most important season or um month that he's had to coach with this Stars team. I mean, like as you said, the amount of divisional opponents and Western Conference opponents they had to go against. I mean, that last game versus Calgary I think was a huge huge missed opportunity to get some momentum going into the all-star game. And that's, that's one of those games that I know Rick bonus would be absolutely fuming after the game with the, with the, with the group having oh, yeah. that type of loss. And I, I think he knows that his job is on the line this year. And if we do have a miss playoff season, that he's likely going to be gone for somebody else to potentially retool this team. And I, I feel like this February, I mean, Rick bonus is a guy that I think under pressure, a lot of the time has come through pretty well with this group and has gotten the group together. And even though we've had some, some issues there throughout this season, I, I feel like it's more likely than not that the stars are going to be in a competitive position and will likely be more of a buyer this trade deadline. That's what I'm obviously hoping for. We all hope for the stars team to be in a playoff position, but I feel like everybody on this team knows that this is almost the last shot. Like, I think, I think Radulov knows specifically, Pavelski probably knows, Klingberg knows. I think a lot of the team knows that this is it. And they obviously still could lose out even with that mindset. But at the same time, I feel like they're going to have more motivation than some other teams in the wildcard race just because of that factor. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right down to the Super Bowl on Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Yeah, and I think this team poses such a threat if they're able to make it to the postseason because this group mm -hmm. is a lot of the same guys that were in that bubble in, in 2020. You know, you add a few guys that weren't there just yet, but, I mean, this is just a, a battle-tested group. I mean, even last season with the mm -hmm. ice storm in Dallas and COVID and injuries, I mean, this team was almost in the playoffs, you know, up until the very end, and uh, what ended up being probably the most one of the more competitive divisions with all yeah. the realignments with Tampa Bay and Carolina in there, and even Nashville, who was uh, not a bad team by any means. Last season, they ended up making the postseason. And so I think that that's going to benefit the Stars down the stretch. And, uh, you know, if they do make the playoffs, it'll certainly be earned with, you know, yeah. I think four or five different road trips consisting of three or four games. And, you know, the teams that they haven't seen yet this season, like Toronto, who's a good team. Uh, there's a few other Western Conference opponents that they've only played once or twice or, you know, haven't played in quite some time, whether that's L.A., San Jose, guys like that. And even the Rangers, who... The Stars beat on opening night, but so much has changed yep. for both of these teams since that moment. And so really, you know, going to be really, really interesting to see how this season shapes out. And just kind of taking a, a step back from the Stars and looking at the league in general, uh, kind of at this point in the year, who do you think will find themselves in the Stanley Cup finals from the East and from the West? Just kind of looking at how this NHL season has unfolded. Yeah, well, for me, going back to the starts, um, I had my predictions as Florida versus Colorado. And even though that was a pretty n normal take, uh, that was what I believed would happen. And 
at the start of the season, it wasn't looking too good for the Avs. And I was kind of like, wow, the Avs might be bad. This might be <laughs> pretty fun to see. But obviously, they've come back and have still shown that they are amazing in the regular season. But I feel like this year is going to be the year that they actually do get something done. And um, especially the Stars miss the playoffs. They, they will have their uh, boogeyman out. So that might help them. I, I feel like with the Florida Panthers, though, that's my one lock. Like, even though the Avalanche, I feel like, will make the cup final out of the west i feel like for the florida panthers they're the team that i'm just the most excited to see um just do the most they can this playoffs they obviously lost in the first round but they went against tampa last year in the playoffs so it was the most difficult position they could have been in and i feel like with this florida team everything is almost gelling for them Bobrovsky's back in an amazing position which i think is the biggest part of it but ekblad's in the norris race you uh, you have jonathan huberto being around the lead in points throughout the nhl that that to me and the depth that they also have is so key i've I, i've been talking about florida a lot over these past couple years as a team that's slowly becoming a juggernaut almost and i think i think we'll see them finally reach that and colorado is another team even though obviously we as stars fans don't want to see them make it i, I feel like it's just a matter of time before that like it, it, their their team is just too strong especially if they're going to add a guy like a drew or even heavens forbid a joe bavelski this trade <laughs> oh i sure hope uh, not <laughs> yeah I, I was seeing some speculation that that was a nightmare oh Ooh, yeah if we're gonna send pavelski somewhere i'd rather see him go somewhere out east where it's just kind of like out of sight out of mind and, you know yeah. not really going to a, a rival but yeah if he went to a, a division rival let alone the colorado avalanche I, that would be a a tough one to watch happy for joe pavelski if they end up uh you know going all the way and, and winning it all but mm -hmm. uh it's hard to as a stars fan like you said to yeah to only, only, the, happy, for only happy yeah. for joe only happy for joe yeah only we'll be watching to see joe pavelski perform but yeah i i totally agree i think you know that that matchup seems pretty inevitable and especially on the, on the eastern conference side of things i think florida is just such an offensive juggernaut and i think mm -hmm. a series like between them and tampa bay could be interesting in the playoffs or even new york uh, the Rangers, you yeah. know, having a really nice year. Shesterkin uh, on the top of a lot of lists to win the Vesna Trophy this season, and rightfully so. Uh, and, and speaking of awards, and you mentioned Jonathan Huberdeau, I was looking earlier and saw a list. I believe it was from The Athletic, and I'm not sure who all, you know, has input on those. But ha they had some projections for the Hart Trophy race, and I didn't see Jonathan Huberdeau on that list. Joe Pavelski was on there at 10th. But I just thought that was really interesting given the yeah. season he's had. Why do you think he would maybe be left out of that conversation for the Hart Trophy yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it mostly goes back to the kind of like Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid thing where you have an amazing player beside you, like for Jonathan Huberto, Alexander Barkov. Personally, for me, I think Huberto should be around as, in the top 10, personally. I wouldn't give it to him. I, I I like to go kind of hot, and I like to give goalies a lot of credit. So I think it's between Ovechkin or Shostrykin for me, personally. But I think with Huberto, there's a lot of people thinking that Barkov is one of the reasons or maybe the reason why he's that high and definitely he is one of the reasons but i feel like with huberto he's just been on a different level consistently this year which has kind of put him apart from a lot of other florida panthers players this season i think he should get some recognition but yeah that, that was interesting i didn't even realize that didn't have him top 10 yeah and of course that's just one list and again i don't know what what goes into that and obviously the mm -hmm. athletic a, a pretty credible source there but yeah i figured that you know that, that could be part of it but dry and mcdavid were both on that list and uh yeah. edmonton is in a worse playoff position than florida um but i guess that's also i guess recency bias if you want to call it that with dry and mcdavid being you know household names in this league for the past several seasons where mm -hmm. maybe i mean you know a lot of people maybe haven't heard of jonathan huberto unless they've played the florida panthers a lot uh, recently or follow that team or you know or yep. fans of an atlantic division team so i uh, i was kind of surprised to see him not there but yeah i agree i think he deserves to be in the list but uh you know whether it's 
Ovechkin, Shesterkin, or you know several other guys on that list. I'm blanking now, uh, conveniently, who else was on that <laughs> list. Um, but if you said the names, they wouldn't surprise me at all. I know Timo Meyer was on there for San Jose, another mm-hmm. guy that's having a really, really good season. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this second half of the season shapes out. Hopefully, uh, all these games in February are able to be made up and we don't get too many more cancellations because yep. I know that that's just made this season feel incredibly weird. But we're at the halfway point now. We're almost there. And uh, hopefully by the end of it, we'll be uh, seeing the Dallas Stars in the playoffs and maybe causing some trouble for whoever one of the top seeds in the in the Western Conference are. Because if they do make the playoffs, I imagine it'll be a, a wild card spot and you're probably going mm-hmm. up against Colorado or Vegas. And uh, the Stars have had success in the playoffs against those teams recently, but this is a, a new season and uh, the Stars have, have shown some weakness, especially against Vegas, two pretty frustrating yep. losses to the Golden yeah. Knights earlier this year. Yeah, if it is the Avalanche in the first round, I'd kind of be – I'd, I'd be super excited. I'm not going to lie. That would be an amazing first round. Yeah. I, I think, you know, whenever it's those divisional matchups, they just play so much closer. And I think even in 2020, I know a lot of people had Colorado being the team that comes out of the West. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. if they come out of that game and win that game seven, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have beat Vegas that season. And maybe yep. even, you know, giving Tampa Bay a little bit better run for their money. So uh, it would be a really fun series because they would certainly be looking for revenge against the Stars. And the Stars, of course, would be looking to uh, to prove all the doubters wrong that they're uh, a good team. And. Uh, you know, worthy of being in the playoffs. And again, if, if they're able to outlast this grind of the schedule that they have to close out the year, I think that that playoff spot will be earned and they, they'll they have earned a little bit of respect across the league. And then they'll just have to to go out and prove it and have one last go around for guys like Radulov and Pavelski and Klingberg, hopefully assuming all those guys are still there, uh, but going to be really, really exciting to see how it all shapes out. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Nathan, thank you so much for joining the show. Super glad to have you on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And let's hope, let's hope everybody, the stars are in the playoffs in round one. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, uh, if the stars, you know, keep it kicking and keep doing really well this spring and into the playoffs, we'll have to have to have you on again and talk a little bit about some playoff hockey for sure. That'd be great. Well, guys, I certainly hope you enjoyed that conversation I got to have with Nathan. Really, really good time. Uh, Really, really good, nice guy. And he's very, very smart and knowledgeable on the NHL as well. Be sure to go check him out on YouTube. I'll have that linked down below in the description of today's episode. Big shout out to him. Big thank you for Nathan for coming on today's episode. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's here on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available wherever you listen, and no matter how you listen. You can also rate and review if you like what you hear. You can also find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. That's at D-A-N-E two underscores L-E-W-I-S. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Stars fans, thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. Tomorrow we will be back with a game day preview. For the first time in a while, the Dallas Stars taking on the rival Nashville Predators. And we will be here to preview that entire game, talk about both teams at length to get you ready for the big matchup going down at the AAC on Wednesday night. We'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great Tuesday.